Hello, hello. So, hello everyone. <laughs> I'm such an awkward person. Anyways, my name is Micah McLean and I felt called to talk about this topic um, in particular just because I hope to reach somebody who is possibly thinking about this organization, and even if I reach one person, I hope I help that person. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. I've always wanted to start a podcast, and I was like, you know what? I have time tonight. I'm going to talk about this particular topic on why I decided to leave the world race. So I'm going to go ahead and just talk about who they are, why I decided to go, and then we'll talk about kind of what I went through during the entire process. So if you guys don't know, uh, the World Race is a 11-month mission trip through an organization called Adventures and Missions, and they do a really good job marketing their organization as a whole. Um, I remember knowing about this organization for a couple years before I decided to go, I found out about it from a girl on Instagram. I followed her thrift page and I was like so obsessed with her clothing and I bought one of her items and then I realized that my money was going towards the mission trip that she was going on. Well, the mission trip that she was going on was the world race and I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to look into this and so I looked into it a couple years ago and this was while I was in college and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks so much fun. Like, I get to travel the world. I get to spread the gospel. Like, this seems like the perfect mission trip. But at that time, I was still in college. And I was like, you know what? I can't just drop out of college and do this. So, I finished college. I graduated. And the summer before I graduated college, I did mission work. Um, and then after that was done, I was about to begin my senior year of college. And I had this, you know, mission high. I was like, you know what, God, I just want to do mission work. I want to travel. I want to know more about you. I want to uh, spread the gospel. And I was just on this mission high. I was like, I want to keep doing mission work. And so I got on my MacBook and I searched mission trips, <laughs> which is such like maybe not a good way to go into it. Um, but I literally just typed in mission trips for like young adults. And the very first organization that I found was the World Race. And I was like, okay, I've heard of this before. Let's just click on it and look more into it. Because back a couple years ago, I kind of didn't really look into it that off. Like I didn't really look into it that good. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna look into it and see what it is. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, this looks amazing. I get to travel to 11 countries. 11 months. I was like, this seems like the perfect mission trip for me. I love to travel. I get to, you know, go to all these different places. And I really liked the idea of going to more than one country. I, you know, at that time in my life, I had this broad idea of just doing it all. And, um, I, you know, fell in love with the organization and I, I signed up, I applied and, I got a phone call a couple weeks later from a woman uh, in the organization, and she told me that I got accepted. And pretty much the application process is super easy. You literally just, you know, sign up, you 
put your testimony down and then you go through kind of like an interview process. And so what that interview process looks like is you answer a few questions. So let's, let's say the question is, tell me about your testimony. Um, you'll hit record on your computer or on your phone and you'll just record a video of you talking about um, your testimony or answering the question of what it asks you to do. And then you'll do that a couple more times. And so that's pretty much your interview. Um, and then the people that work for the organization will go through them and they'll accept who they want to accept. And I got accepted and I was so excited. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on this mission trip. This is going to be so much fun. And keep in mind, this was in August of 2021. I was a senior in college, still having to go to school for another year. And my trip was planned for the fall of 2022, which was perfect because I was already going to be graduated. So anyways, yeah. So went through that process. And um, the only scary thing about this mission trip was the money. So the total price for the mission trip was close to $19,000. I looked at the number and I was like, there is no way I'm going to fundraise $19,000. No way. But I was like, you know what? I had a good feeling about it. I was like, we're just going to go into it. Um, and so I just specifically remember every single day for nine, 10 months of my life in this high panic mode all the time. Every single day I would wake up and I would think about fundraising. And I just remember as time went on, I was just even more stressed, you know, just trying to figure out how I was going to get this money. Um, and I was more worried about that than the mission as a whole. And I just, now looking back on it, I was just so overall just stressed the entire time. I was not excited to go. I was just overall stressed the entire time because of the money. Um, anyways, I got through it. Um, and time was approaching. I, um, found out that I was on a team of about 29 people from all over the country. And we had training camp in Gainesville, Georgia, which is just North. It's like 45 minutes to an hour North of Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where their head, uh, their headquarters are. And so we were going to have training camp for two weeks in Gainesville. And so we had training camp um, starting on August 27th and then, you know, following two weeks after that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, ended up getting almost fully funded. Um, I had about 15,000, um, and, um, I was going to get fully funded from my local church, but, um, anyways, we'll talk more about that later. Um, so training camp was approaching. I had all my stuff ready, and I was ready to go. Um, I'll talk a little bit more towards the end of some other situations that were happening during the time. Anyways, okay, so training camp was coming up, and um, my parents came out with me. We drove all the way from Missouri to uh, Georgia, and that very first weekend was parent weekend. And so my parents decided to come, and so pretty much what that meant was we stayed um, a couple days 
in Atlanta itself. So we stayed in this hotel, like right next to the airport, um, to have a parent weekend. And so pretty much what that was, um, the parents of the racers who are the people who, um, were going on the world race. Um, also there was people from, um, gap year and gap year is a nine month, uh, mission trip, um, for people who just graduated high school. And also there were people, um, doing three-month opportunities with the organization as well. So there was a ton of people, not just from our squad, um, but from other squads as well. And so the world race uses the term, I'll just talk a little bit about everything. So the word squad means your entire like team as a whole. So like everyone who's going with you is your squad. So when I say squad, that's what I mean. Um, and then when I say team, I'm talking about um, your squad is um, kind of split up into teams um, when you launch on the field. So when you get to your country, um, you're split off into different teams. You, you know, you don't just go with your, your huge squad of 29 into one area you know, they split you off into smaller teams. So there's more opportunity for, um, mission in that country, um, just to make the work done. You don't want to have 30 people in one area at one time when they can split you off into different areas of the country. So that's kind of what the terms team and squad is. So anyways, um, yeah, so parent weekend was approaching and, I just remember getting to the hotel, just being very nervous. Normally, I don't get nervous about situations. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love being around people. And I was so excited for this. So um, I remember specifically um, going, I'm not going to say any names, (laughs) but um, I met my entire squad and I was getting really excited. There was 29 of us. We were from all over the country and everything was going pretty good. Um, parent weekend happened on the 27th of August and the 28th of August. Um, and the 28th of August, uh, we decided to, um, leave and go towards Gainesville towards the headquarters where we were having our training camp. Um, so yeah, that Sunday we left on Atlanta we got on buses and headed up north to Gainesville. So, um, I just remember at this time I was just feeling very anxious and, um, kind of just not really, I don't know. I remember my emotions were just all over the place. You know, I was leaving my family for 11 months. I was surrounded by people that I didn't know. Um, I never met these people prior to going on the mission trip and, you know, meeting new people is one of my favorite things to do. Like, I don't mind dropping everything that I have to go do things with new people. Like, I love it. Um, and so, yeah, so training camp comes and keep in mind training camp means you live in a tent for two weeks. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Literally, you are living in a tent for two weeks. So you have to bring a tent. And I was super excited about this. I was like, this is going to be so much fun. So anyways, so we get there, we unpack all of our stuff, we set up our tents and all that fun stuff. 
and I remember having a really good time the first um, half of my first week. Um, And then I just started kind of going throughout the week, um, just lacking in joy, um, which I, um, I'm stalling in my conversation right now because I'm just trying to kind of remember everything, um, because it was really hard. Um, number one, the biggest red flag that I noticed was my joy lacking being there. Um, and I think it was just because, um, I just didn't have a good spirit about the whole thing, um, while being there. Um, it was also just because I wasn't enjoying, um, worship. And so every single morning we had worship and I personally, um, never felt the Holy Spirit. And that's something that I was, I was very lost on because when I, one of my favorite things to do, especially with the Lord is, is spend time with him in worship. Um, I love to sing. I love to, uh, sing to the Lord and and connect with him on, on that level. And I just, the entire time being there, I never felt his presence. I never felt the Holy Spirit. Um, which is something that I'm still struggling to understand. Um, and I've kind of realized that, um, I just never, um, felt his presence being there at all. Um, so that was another huge red flag with, um, training camp. Also another huge red flag (laughs) that I finally kind of come I came to terms with definitely when I left because I was like oh my gosh this is not okay um so the the founder of the world race Seth Barnes um wrote a book called the listening prayer um so pretty much you know what this is um is when you're spending time with the Lord and you're trying to hear a word or get a word from God um, and then once you get that word from God, um, you're going to give that word to somebody if, you know, that word was given to you to give to someone. And so I remember, um, training camp happened for a week and then we had church service. Um, okay, let me go back. Um, we had squad time. So pretty much what this means is you get together as your entire squad gets together and you, um, you know, talk about different subjects, um, safety, just everything about the mission trip. Um, but this time we decided to do the listing prayer as a squad. And I really didn't know what that entailed or what that was going to look like. And so pretty much what happened was one of our squad leaders was like, all right, everyone, we're going to get in a circle and we're going to try to hear a word from God. Um, so pretty much, um, you know, everyone got in a big circle. She started to play light Christian music in the background and everyone, um, was just, you know, spending time with the Lord. And, um, at that time I specifically was trying to hear from God, but I couldn't, um, I wasn't receiving anything personally. I don't think that should be forced upon anyone, um, And I do believe God speaks to us. I firmly 
believe that God speaks to us in different ways. Um, but I don't think it should be a forced thing. I think God arrives in our lives in his timing and in his will. Um, but I don't think it should be forced. And I personally never heard a word from God. Um, or I never got a word from God, um, at all during training camp. And, um, so we did that and then we did it again, um, another time. And I just recall kind of just finally realizing towards like the beginning of the second week being like, I feel like we aren't even spending any time in the word of God. There's not one moment where we are studying the word of God together. Like we're constantly just trying to hear a word from God. Um, it was very, it just seemed very charismatic, very, um, prophetic. Like we were trying to, like we were, you know, going to get built up to be a prophet pretty much is what it was. Um, and I wasn't growing in my walk with the Lord. I felt like I was lacking joy and I was lacking um, Christ's um, presence in my life. And it was like I was suffering being there, which was something I didn't really realize until uh, the last week of training camp. I was suffering every day because I was lacking in God's presence. And I was, I was, um, it was like I was in this dark hole being there. Um, and, um, I just, you know, thought it was just because it was a new environment to me and all of these things, but it's like, I love the Lord so much. And it was like, why am I lacking in my joy being here? Um, and, uh, it was because I was lacking time with God and I was lacking digging into the word of God. Um, you know, the word of God is, is sufficient in our lives and we weren't really digging into scripture anyways. So that was another red flag. Um, also, like I said, um, every single day I just dreaded worship. (laughs) I dreaded worship every single day just because, I wasn't feeling Christ like presence in my life. And I remember the worship services felt, they felt like a concert. Um, the lights, it was dark in there. You know, it was just like a rock band. It was just like very emotional, uh, very emotionally based. Um, and I've been in situations where, you know, you have this huge emotion, um, in a worship service and this big emotion, you know, you get, you know, it's, it's good. Um, but also, um, that can just spiral very fast when you're in this, um, kind of, uh, spiritual high where, um, um, yeah, it was just, it was just not, not good for me. Anyways, so that happened. And, um, a huge red flag was towards the very last week, um, there was a couple from Southern California that was coming in. Um, I'm also not going to mention any names just because I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, but I'm just going to talk about what happened. So there was a couple that came in and 
their mission organization um, pretty much goes around um, the country to baptize thousands of people. And so they were coming in to preach on evangelism. And um, also they were going to baptize people as well. So um, yeah, the topic that day was evangelism. And I was super excited because I think, you know, being an overseas missionary or just a missionary in general, um, you know, we're called to evangelize. We're called to go up to people and to spread the gospel to the lost. Um, and I think that's number one, you know, that's why we're going, we're going because we love Christ and we're going because we want to spread his name to people who are lost. Um, and so I was super excited about this topic. So, um, yeah, the couple, they come in and, and the husband goes first and, uh, I'm actually going to get out my notebook, um, that I wrote down a lot of stuff. So let me go grab that really quick. I don't have it with me. So I'm just going to talk and walk. I'm going to go grab my notebook that I wrote a lot of stuff down. So anyways, yeah, so the husband comes up and he talks first and kind of gives his story and what their mission organization was about. And um, I was getting really excited. And the one red flag thing that I noticed when he was preaching was that he stated, if you want to storm the gates of hell, don't be a loser. And I was like, I don't know if he's joking. I don't know what this means or anything like that. But I was like, that's not okay. Um, and I just like remember having my notebook open and I was just like writing a ton of stuff down. Cause I was like, okay, none of this stuff is like biblical. Um, and so I'm going to read some stuff that I have here in my notebook really quick. I just grabbed it. Okay. So let's see here. Yes. Yeah, so he said, yeah. So if you want to storm the gates of hell, just don't be a loser. Um, also he mentioned, I can feel the demonic spirits coming after me. Um, just cause he felt like this evil presence in the room. Um, and he constantly talked about um, just some stuff that was just not biblical whatsoever. Um, and I was like, where are we going with this? Um, so he he preached a little bit. And then his wife comes up and starts preaching. And um, her personality was very loud. You know, she likes to get up and walk around and kind of get into people's, you know, area, face to kind of wake them up, I guess, in a way. Um and my squad at this time was sitting on the ground. We were all on the ground. I had my Bible open. I had my notebook open. And the wife comes up to me and yanks my Bible out of my hand. But she was talking at the time of how none of us read our Bibles enough. Which she has a point, you know, we need to get in the word more. But also it's like, you don't know me. You don't know my story. And she comes up to me and yanks my Bible out of my hand. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's not okay. Um, and I just remember the entire time I just felt, um, hated. Um, and they never preached the gospel. They never stood up there and shared the gospel. And that is number one with evangelism. Like when we're going to evangelize to people, especially people who 
are lost in this world. The gospel is necessary. That is the number one thing that we need. We need to know the gospel, which, I mean, of course, everyone that planned on going on the world race should know the gospel because that is what we're doing. We're taking this gospel and sharing it to people. They never shared the gospel. Um, she was just yeah, like yelling in everyone's faces and it was just all hatred. And, um, I remember things were starting to get a little bit heated and, um, I'll just write, or I'll say some stuff that the wife mentioned. Um, she talked about the number one thing on how to make a disciple is to baptize, which is not true, but also, you know, we're, you know, we're supposed to go out and disciple people. First, they're supposed to believe, and then you're going to baptize. Baptize isn't number one. Um, she talked about, um, they baptize people with water bottles. Um, she said, will people feel the Holy Spirit if they aren't saved? No, obviously they won't. Um, okay, sorry, that's true. Um, so, yeah, anyways, so I remember sitting there and just feeling this evil spirit the entire time. And they started um, getting up, putting their hands on people and praying over them. And she starts to spit in everyone's faces. Like, she literally went up to them, put her hands on people, and was, like, praying over them. Starts spitting, and then starts speaking in tongues without an interpreter. Which is, for one, a huge no-no. You need to have an interpreter. Um, especially if you're in a room of believers. Just because, you know, um, it's like, what good does that do? Um, and there was no one to train, or to, uh, translate what was being said um and uh, I just felt called to leave I felt called to get out of that environment and so I decided to get up and walk out just because I felt this evil spirit and I like couldn't breathe being there um just because the entire time it was just um not biblical and it was just awful for my spirit and uh I remember just getting up and leaving and, and going to the bathroom kind of up on the hill because we were outside at the time and uh, just, I remember going to the bathroom and just continually just hearing her screaming at everyone and I'm like, what good is this doing? <laughs> I'm like, what good is this doing and, and how can, you know, the organization, like the mentors and the, and the, and the staff and um, the head of the world race was just nodding their heads when they were preaching and I was like, everything is just chaos. You know, our God is a God of, of peace, not of chaos. And the whole time it was pure chaos of yelling and screaming in our faces and, and speaking in tongues without an interpreter and, and just talking about pure nonsense. And I'm like, how can this organization support people like that? And, um, I decided to come back down and, and listen more. And it was just, it just kept getting worse and I decided to leave fully. Um, and I remember wanting to go back to my campsite to kind of debrief everything. And I, as I was walking back to my campsite, I found two of my squad 
members um, sitting down with their Bibles opened. And I was like, I wonder why they're here. And I just, I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I was wanting to just really get away from what I just experienced. And so um, I was walking back up to my campsite and all I remember was um, one of my squad members looks up at me and is like, are you okay, Micah? And I was like, at that point, I knew I wasn't okay because I just started crying. Um, I decided to turn around and go back down to where they were. And uh, I just sat next to one of them and just started crying. I was like, you know what, I don't feel any kind of growth here. I, I, I'm spiritually dead here. I'm, I'm lacking my walk with Christ being here. And it's like, how can this mission organization support people who are, for one, false? False people who are spreading a false gospel. Um, and they also, you know, experienced what I was experiencing. They decided to get up and leave, which was good because I knew I wasn't alone in that process. Um, and what I'm talking about might not sound like that serious, but also it was just like so draining to me because I did not hear one thing that was going to help me in my walk with Christ. It was just all, um, just attack. And, uh, it reminds me of first John four one. It says, um, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so I, for one, I've never experienced that before. And just experiencing that was like, I don't want to support an organization or be a part of an organization that supports false prophecy <laughs> and false prophets. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, and, uh, it, it was just really hard on me. Um, because I was lacking in my, in my biblical, <laughs> like, area. Um, and, um, yeah, so that happened. And I decided to make the choice to, you know, after spending time with the Lord, um, that next day, just trying to hear from Him, like, God was calling me to just leave. But also, I remember, um, that next day, after that couple comes, um, I just remember getting up very early in the morning to spend time with God, but also I was on my phone and I kind of looked up this organization like in depth. I was like, what am I getting myself into? So I, I get on my phone, I look up, um, you know, bad things about the world race or whatever. And I find many, um, sorry, my mom came in. <laughs> I found many testimonies of people going through the world race and just being spiritually damaged, um, from like different situations. And, um, I just continued to read them and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I am experiencing the same thing. I'm experiencing just a lack in, in joy. Um, and I think 
we're supposed to, I'm, I was supposed to feel the opposite. I was supposed to be growing in my walk with Christ. I was supposed to be finding joy <laughs> while being there. And I wasn't the whole time. I felt this terrible, evil spirit being there. And that was the biggest, I think the overall biggest red flag was that in particular. After spending time with God and hearing from him, God was, you know, that same spirit that was calling me out of the room when the couple from California came in. It was the same spirit that was calling me out of the entire organization. Um, and the reason why I knew that was from God was because I had um, a sense of peace rush over me. A, a sense of peace. The entire time it was, now looking back on it, my entire time leading up to leaving for the world race was pure chaos, pure, um, just negative feelings, anxiety, so much anxiety. The entire time being at training camp, just feeling down, um, having this just awful spirit being on me the entire time and deciding to leave feeling peace was the number one clarity that I got from the Lord. Now, there was other people on my team or squad who had a good experience and that is awesome. But from what I went through, it wasn't what God was calling me into. Um, now looking back on it, when I was applying for the world race, I was more in, in tuned with my plans more than trying to hear from God really and being like, God, is this the right organization? Is this what I need to be doing at this time in my life? I don't know. And I don't think I was meant to go ever. Um, but my own, my own flesh wanted to go. So anyways, this was a long podcast. Um, it's only 34 minutes, which is, it was, it's not bad, but I hope I made sense. Sometimes I can talk and nothing makes sense, but it's okay. Anyways, so yeah, I decided to leave and um, I remembered the hardest part I think about leaving was just letting go of the friendships that I um, formed. I made some of the most amazing friendships um, being there. Um, and it was really hard to leave, but also the sense of peace was what, was what got me through it. And I specifically remember speaking to a staff member about me leaving. And the first thing she says is, how much do you have funded? I'm like, are you serious? Is this all about money? <laughs> I'm like, I'm almost fully funded. Um, and I just felt like maybe she was thinking I wanted to leave because I wasn't fully funded or whatnot. But um, anyways, that's a whole nother story with the money about that organization. Um, also, I'm going to go ahead and mention this because I'm just trying to be as blunt as possible. Um, I raised a lot of money for that organization and they decided to give me back barely anything of what I fundraised. So if you're deciding to do this organization, I would recommend no. <laughs> um, but just, you know, also just try to hear from God. I'm not trying to completely shun this organization because I do believe they do amazing things. Um, but also they 
I think are down a road of destruction um, in terms of money and in terms of, of just, I don't know. It's just it, nothing about the organization felt truly genuine. Um, it just felt kind of like fake. Um, but anyways, that being said, I am home. I am safe. I am um, trying to hear from God with what's next. Um, I think the hardest thing about leaving, like I said before, was leaving those friendships that I made, but also just um, accepting the loss of a plan that I had for almost a year. Um, That just being ripped from underneath my feet. Um, And now being over two months deciding to leave a world race. I have accepted what has happened and I am moving forward, moving forward with uh, what God has in store for me. And to know that this world race organization wasn't for me. Um, has been hard, but also it's been the best thing for me in my walk with the Lord. So, and that... We're going to end this podcast because I, my voice is about to go out. Um, and yeah, so that was why I left the world race. If you have any questions, I'm going to try to leave. I don't know if I can leave like an email or whatever. I probably can do that. It's a podcast. I'm kind of new to all this, but yeah. So Anyways, if you're considering this organization, I would say no, just because it was just not good. Not good, guys. Anyways, all right, I'm going to go. So anyways, bye.